All right, without further ado. Chris Ann Hall received her bachelor's degree in biochemistry from Blackburn College. And her Juris Doctor from the University of Florida. She served in the U.S. Army as a military intelligence cryptologic linguist. She was a prosecutor for the state of Florida for nearly a decade. Chris Ann also worked with a prominent national First Amendment law firm where she traveled the country defending Americans whose rights were violated by unlawful arrests and prosecutions. She has written six books on American history and the U.S. Constitution. Chris Ann is a regular consultant on numerous radio, podcasts, and television programs. Without further ado, Chris Ann Hall! Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I am J.C. Hall sitting in for Chris Ann today. Happy you are here with us. Give me a thumbs up if you can. Uh, if the sound is coming through, you can hear me okay. Uh, let me know you're there. And we're all tuned in. So, here we go. Are you with me? I see people from Ohio, Alaska, Washington State, um, Okanogan County. Not, I don't, where is that? Where is, probably didn't even say it right. We got people from Texas in the house, um, Florida, Alabama, Colorado, Oregon, Oklahoma. Illinois, Livermore, California, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Ponte Vedra, Florida, Pennsylvania, Georgia. All right. More Texas, more Washington State. People from all over. Welcome. Indiana, Missouri, Rhode Island, Granite Falls, North Carolina. Okanagan, Okanagan, like your noggin, Michigan, the Sunshine State, Florida, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Kentucky, Montana, Wisconsin, my goodness, Utah. It looks like we've got just about every state in the union represented here. Man, you guys are awesome all over the place. Fantastic. Liberty First Brigade spans the nation. Pennsylvania, Ohio, rock on. Awesome, guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Appreciate you being here. Being here. Uh, I'm holding down holding down the microphone today. And Chris Ann is at an event, Phoenix, Arizona, Great Lakes. Uh, Chris Ann is at an event uh, here in Florida, teaching tonight. And so I'm filling in today. And... Uh, Big news, crazy stuff. And so apparently the governor of Texas uh, says he's going to open up the state 100 uh, percent. 
Not today, though. You have to wait till tomorrow, I guess. State of Jefferson. Awesome. California. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I get wound up when Chris Ann's not around. Sometimes she keeps me in check. She like, you know, she stomps my foot and uh, tells me to calm down, I guess. Not really, but anyhow. So Texas, Texas is open tomorrow, open for business tomorrow, which is kind of weird. We're going to open. We're going to be 100% open tomorrow. Um, I don't know what the wait is for, but anyway, good for Texas. Um, I guess that makes Texas more open than Florida, really. Um, so, yeah, how about that? I thought Mr. DeSantis was the superstar. Uh, so I guess um, I guess he has to catch up. Although DeSantis has tried to he's tried to make, <clears throat> you know, back off the tyranny here in uh, in places. Nate, um, Chris Ann has a great article. A blog on the site. Nate asks, can you explain Article 5, the fifth article of the Constitution for me so I can explain to my brother? Uh, Chris Ann has a great article, chrisannhall.com. Um, you can search for it there. Just search. There's a little search engine thingamadoo flicky and uh, type in Article 5. And, and I think it's called uh, Article 5 versus nullification and adult conversation, something like that. And she's got a good explanation uh, or a lot of explanation. So see, see how that see how much that helps you. And uh, if you need more illumination, um, just reach out to me again. But start with that and tell me how that works for you. So check that out. Anybody else interested in the fifth article of the Constitution and how the Constitution is amended and all that good stuff? And what's what's the difference or relationship between um, the fifth article of the constitution and, um, and nullification. I, and I, I see that people say convention of the States. Uh, I, I have to say, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I have to say that, um, I hate when that, when you say article five and then, and then convention of the States is, is the terminology, you know, thrown out there. We're talking about the fifth article of the constitution, which is, which encompasses more than, uh, is bigger than convention of the states. And then some of the convention of the states discussion has, um, goes elsewhere. There's, there's like a variation of things, but anyway, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But yeah, that's part of it. Um, but that's not, that's not, you know, like that's not all of it. So what we're talking about, the fifth article of the constitution is how you amend the constitution. And, um, so, there's there's a uh, there's all about that in in Chris Ann's um, book. It's actually the fifth chapter of her book, Sovereign Duty. Um, she discusses the fifth article of the Constitution uh, and nullification and uh, and as well as convention, you know, the, the convention uh, idea and, and that whole thing. Um, so good chapter, good chapter in that uh, in the book talking about the fifth article of the constitution. This is why I say it that way, by the way. Uh, um, and uh, cool. I appreciate it. And um, I, I don't say article five, because now you say article five and it's taken on this connotation of all the convention states, blah, blah, blah. So I, 
I don't even say Article Five anymore, because like you say, Article Five, people think something entirely different. I mean, I've literally asked people, "What do you think about the Fifth Article of the Constitution?" I I don't know much about that. Um, what do you think about Article Five? Oh, Convention States, da 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 da. Like, really? So, I've had to I've had to train myself to say the Fifth Article of the Constitution. Um, you know, it's terrible. Just, it's unbelievable how, how the narrative just gets distorted. It's bizarre to me. So people don't even know what we're talking about. I mean, I've literally talked to people. You'll say article five. They, they think it's some, they don't even know it's in the constitution. Like it's some sort of process, some thing that, you know, some certain radio host wrote a book about, and then, you know, here's this movement and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, that's one of those things. You don't know what you don't know. So fifth article of the Constitution, it's uh, where the amendment process uh, is described. And um, so there's a lot to it. And in Chris Ann's book, and I believe as well, it, it, the article on the um, on the website about the issue, um, she she not only looks at the historical, um, the constitutional meaning and intent and the historical background, but she also draws in um, some information from Congress about how Congress sees it and how, um, you know, what their lawyers and everybody has said, um, you know, what they would do and what their power would be. And, uh, you know, that that would be something to take in consideration in that, that, that issue. Um, so, uh, thanks Gloria. You're, you're welcome to be here, but the show is not about article five. I was just, um, answering a question. And, uh, so as I said, the, there's a blog written at chrisannhall.com. You can search article five and you can go find it. Uh, so I'm not going to, blah, 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 blah. I was just trying to be helpful. So if you don't like it, you can go watch another show or go to the website. Okay. Everybody else. Thank you. Um, so apparently Gloria has a difficult time typing something into a web page and searching for a blog. So good luck, Gloria. Uh, so this is, you know, this, this, this sort of battle that we're in takes effort and, you know, you have to do stuff. So if you can't even search for an article on a website, this is probably not the right fight for you. Hashtag just saying. Uh, so today, the FBI director, Ray, uh, testified before Congress about the uh, events on January 6th at the. Uh, yes, thank you, Pyramid. I'll try to stay positive. I just I, I don't have tolerance for idiotic people. It's just ridiculous just ridiculous. Uh, so FBI director, my wife, my wife just needs to be here. She has more patience and she can, she can keep me under control. Oh, brother, don't, don't show up and don't show up in the freaking chat room and tell me how to, how to do the show. Take a hike. Give me a break. Idiots. Thank you, Gloria, but whatever yeah. do your, how about this, Gloria, go write your blog yourself do your research yourself youtube channels are free start your own show you're not the director of this show take a hike so director ray 
uh, testifies today before uh, Congress. And, um, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of lies and distortions and distractions and and, and different things. So I want to look at I want to look at some of that. I think I mixed my screens up. So I'm like I'm looking at the ceiling trying to look at this this stupid video. Um, so I want to but I want to play this uh, clip. This is from MSNBC. Just this is the. Uh, source, you know, so it's not about uh, luckily it's a video of what he's what he actually said. So not depending on MSNBC's um, brilliance for this. Let me make sure I grab the audio so we can hear it because I don't think I did. And where am I? That's not what I want. Tab FBI director Ray, blah, blah, blah. NBC. Here we go. Uh, so let, let's check out some of what what he says. And and his I felt like his incompetence was um, on display. And um, you know the the guy doesn't seem prepared for this job. And uh, <laughs> thanks, Steve. Uh, he doesn't seem prepared for this job. You know, I mean the things he was. He's asked that I thought pretty straightforward, simple, but he showed himself to be the political hack that he is. Uh, so then the whole, the whole the whole narrative is about, you know, moving it to the racial white supremacist um, talking points. I agree, Gloria. Not all lawyers are idiots. That is true. My favorite English teacher, uh, her her name was Gloria. She was great. Uh, but Ray Ray plays his part as a, a political hack. Um, he doesn't answer many questions, many of the questions he, that he's asked. He doesn't answer, um, and and he just he just has a narrative, which is essentially Trump supporters are domestic terrorists. That's pretty much the well, the white supremacists. Trump supporters are white supremacists. And white supremacists are domestic terrorists. Therefore, Trump supporters are domestic terrorists. That's pretty much the narrative. And uh, let's listen to a couple of things. And a lot of you know drama and theatrics and theater, just just pure theater. <clears throat> it, the investigation into the January sixth attack here at the Capitol. I was appalled like you, appalled. at the violence and destruction that we saw that day. I was appalled that you, our country's elected leaders, were victims. By the way, I think we were we were all appalled, you know, at a lot of this stuff. I was also appalled at, at the, you know, Miss Babbitt getting shot, <clears throat> which they don't want to talk about. Demise right here in these very halls. That attack, that siege was criminal behavior plain and simple, and it's behavior that we, the FBI, view as domestic terrorism. It's got no place in our democracy, and tolerating it would make a mockery of our nation's rule of law. The rule of law, of course, is our country's bedrock, and it's our guiding principle at the FBI. Uh, the rule of law is the Constitution, by the way, just, 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 just to clarify. The rule of law is the Constitution, and uh, he is concerned about making a mockery of, of the rule of law. Uh, which is pretty much what the people in his party do 
every day. And a large majority of the people in the opposition party do every day. That's why the FBI has been working day and night across the country to track down those responsible for the events of January 6th and to hold them accountable. We're chasing down leads. We're reviewing evidence, combing through digital media to identify, investigate and arrest anyone who broke the law that day. And our greatest partner in this investigation has been the American people themselves, mm -hmm. your constituents. Citizens from around the country have sent us more than 270,000 digital media tips. Some have even taken the painful step of turning in their friends or their family members. Uh, Do you follow that? Our, our biggest help has been the American people riding on their neighbors and turning in their family members. Now, my, I, I went to school for psychology and body language and facial expressions always catch my attention, sometimes very subtle. Um, but it's interesting what you can, what you can see in body language and, uh, and facial expressions, uh, as slight as they may be. So Pay attention to what he's saying when he, I mean, how, look at his face and his body language when he talks about the, uh, you know, the uh, sort of Soviet style neighbor against neighbor turning one another in kind of thing. When he says uh, the biggest, the biggest partners or whatever his phrasing is, watch this. I, I almost expected him to giggle. Greatest partner in this investigation has been the American people themselves, your constituents. Citizens from like around almost, the country he couldn't have hardly sent hold us more than 270,000 digital media tips. Some have even taken the painful step of turning in their friends or their family members. See that? Notice that he looks down. It's almost like he's saying this stuff about Americans turning each other in, and it, it almost, it's like a giddiness, like this giddiness kind of comes to the to the surface and he looks down every time every time he says that they they're ecstatic about this they are they're beside themselves about the the uh uh Karenization of the american people and it, it it's been astounding to me uh i was reading there, there's a friend of ours who won a county commission seat in the deland area and uh in florida and i was reading some of the stuff that was going on and he was talking about um what do they call them seasonal rentals and whatever and i was reading the stories about just all these people going out of their way to to monitor people renting just simply like nothing like nothing bad happening not like the neighbors were actually doing something to to break something or disturb something or whatever but just the fact that they were renting and there was some ordinance that you're not supposed to do that and so they were just it was just this massive neighbors calling and and taking numbers and confronting people for renting there just bizarre so i've i've been i've i've been um i don't know if shock is the word but it it is just disturbing how how um, willing people are to become uh, to become agents 
of the federal government, to be become lackeys of the federal government, to just rat out everybody for for whatever. And I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, in, in, in this sense of you, you know, somebody who's engaged in criminal activity and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, it's just emblematic of of even. Yes. Karenization is a new word. So if, of even just little, you know, little thing. You're not. Where's your mask? Where's your mask? Of having masks, you know, <laughs> oh, being a Karen is rough. You know, it's like HOA. If anybody's lived in HOA, so we rent down here in Tampa, uh, rather than owning like our property, and we we own property in North Florida where we lived, <clears throat> and then moving down here to work, you know, we rent a place. So we're just, there's this HOA. Uh, so uh, whoever's in the HOA, they don't, they don't, <clears throat> they don't normally come, uh, you know, to the neighborhood. It's, it's the neighbors that call the HOA. And so it's all this just idiotic stuff. We get messages of wash your mailbox, wash my mailbox. Really? You've got nothing better to do There's So you just got to picture some, some overweight nitwit in their their freaking granny nightgown uh stalking the neighborhood in in the early morning you know checking like i don't know she's got a white glove wiping her finger on people's mailboxes and then she calls the hoa hey the you know, people at 2237 uh taramac have a dirty mailbox you should send them a letter uh, it's like what so it's just crazy how uh how people are so willing to do that and just be and just turn in their neighbors and and be busybodies and stuff that has nothing to do with you i mean it's just crazy you know and and they it, you know and they get bragged on they get they get uh uh, uh lauded by these guys uh that's not what what snitches got in my neighborhood snitches didn't get um bragged on so anyway, different world, but they are very excited about this. They're very excited that they have led the American people to this place where they just send out the call. And he what did he say? Americans have sent, I think he said like 270,000 pictures and whatever. It's crazy. And he has this look at this like right now, look at the little smirk little giddy smirk on his face. They are very, this is, this is one of the purposes. So one of the purposes. Um, and uh, they're happy about it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, mass cut off nonverbal information. That's exactly right. Um, and so, cause, cause you're correct. Much of what much of what we act upon when people are speaking are nonverbal cues. And, you know, we're not even aware of, of a lot of them. And uh, so mask, mask do interfere with that. And uh, mask also dehumanize people. Um, there's a guy, I, I actually, I don't like the guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he trains people. I don't want to share too many details. Um, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of what he does but he is an expert in his field and he's an expert in violence 
And uh, I saw a paper that he put together and read through it very closely. And he talked about the dehumanization um, through mask wearing and that it actually can increase uh, violence. That mask increased violence and uh, because of the dehumanizing effect of masks. So anyway, just just a little side note. But it's interesting to see all his little smirks and, and giddy smiles just there on the surface as he's talking about these things. This ought to be you would think this would be serious and somber and you're not happy about. You know, violence and people dying, but that's what they do. They leverage chaos. They leverage violence. There is a level that there is a level in these folks that they're happy about this. Um, I'll, I'll get in a little more of that. Listen, listen to some of this. I had hundreds of suspects and opened hundreds of investigations in all but one of our 56 field offices. And of those identified, we've arrested already more than 270 individuals to date, over 300 when you include the ones of our partners with more subjects being identified and charged just about every single day. The FBI is committed to seeing this through, no matter how many people it takes or how long or the resources we need to get it done. Because as citizens, in a sense, we're all victims of the January 6th assault and the American people deserve nothing less. Unfortunately, as you noted, Mr. Chairman, January 6th was not an isolated event. The problem of domestic terrorism has been metastasizing across the country for a long time now, and it's not going away anytime soon. Domestic terrorism. And notice that he says it's, it's not going away anytime soon. Isn't that interesting? So the whole the whole point of this, you know, alleged ostensibly, um, you know, we're going to root this out, catch the bad guys, stop, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he says domestic terrorism, this is not the first time, and it's been going along a while. It's not going to end anytime soon. Right? I mean, he just, it's its a foregone conclusion. Why? Uh, because it's part of their agenda. They don't, they don't want to stop it. They want to use it. Right? So you, you just heard, you just heard some of the uh, coded language, if you will. It's not going away anytime soon. Of course it's not. Of course it's not going away anytime soon because they have to use it to divide, to control, to target uh, people who th they don't like your opinions. They don't like the way you think. Because remember, it's not about it, it's this is not about <clears throat> the violent activity and the destruction of property or any criminal activity that happened on that day. Fiji is not a sponsor. It's just good water. There, there's it's not about that. OK, and you're, and you're going to hear that. Listen, listen, as he continues. At the FBI, we've been sounding the alarm on it for a number of years now. I've been sounding the alarm about domestic terrorism since I think just about my first month on the job when I first started appearing up on the Hill. And I've spoken about it in maybe a dozen different congressional hearings. Now watch so whenever shift. we've had the chance, we've tried to emphasize that this is a top concern and remains so for the FBI. In fact, in fact, we viewed it as such a critical threat that back in June of 2019, under my leadership, we elevated racially and ethnically motivated violent extremism to our highest threat priority. 
on the same level with ISIS and homegrown violent extremists. Did you hear that? So there, there was, there went the shift. Racism. Racism. So not about violence, destruction of property, attack on people and property. Not about attack on people and property. Is the shift it, shift it. In fact, we elevated essentially the threat of white uh, of white supremacy to a level of ISIS. That's how concerned we are with domestic terrorism. White supremacists. See, they're they're equal. <clears throat> Those are equivalent terms. Is what they're doing, equating white supremacy with domestic terrorism. And he continues in this vein. I mean, the whole the whole hearing and the whole well, narrative remains to this day. Now, I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of ground today, but let me make one thing clear. The FBI will not tolerate agitators and extremists. Oh, you need to hear this separately. And I'm not apologizing for white supremacy. That's not the point here. The point here is they want to make that 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 is the narrative. That's what they want to drive because they want to equate uh, Trump supporters with white supremacy. That's been the narrative from day one uh, against Trump and uh, his supporters. And by extension, you know, any any conservative, any anybody that supports the Constitution, because, you know, and you could say, well, Trump wasn't 100 percent Constitution guy. That's not that's not the point. In their mind, you're all the same group. Basically, you're, a, you're a, if you're a non leftist. So so whatever there's whatever, uh, whatever they concoct to target Trump, whether you like Trump or not, you can include yourself in that group. OK, it's it, that's that's beside the point, because I know we have, you know, we have constitutional people in the chat room all the time. And, you know, we, we got a couple that, you know, they don't like Trump and they're ardently, you know, he's not a constitution guy. No, he wasn't a 100 percent constitution guy. There's no question about that. Um, but that's not the point. The point is you're all in the same basket. So when they say Trump supporters, when when they use the term Trump supporters, that's actually not what they mean. You don't have to have voted for Trump or like Trump to be included on their hit list. Because when they use the term Trump supporter, that's a that's a broad term that they're talking about. Constitutionalists, conservatives, non-leftists, period. You're in that basket. That's it. That's it. That's who he's talking about. So this is you. Now, this is this is phenomenal. Listen, as he goes through this, what what he doesn't tolerate. And they uh, listen to this very carefully. They don't tolerate this. I'm sure we're going to cover a lot of ground today, but let me make one thing clear. The FBI will not tolerate agitators and extremists who plan or commit violence. Period. Really? And that goes for violent extremists of any stripe. Really? As I've said many times, we do not investigate ideology, but we focus on acts of violence and violations of federal law. And when we see those, when we see those, we will bring to bear the full weight of our resources, our experience, and our partnerships. Really? And when domestic violent extremists use explosive devices, when they attack government facilities and businesses, when they assault law enforcement officers, when they use violence to interfere with the lawful operation of our government, they should expect the FBI to come knocking on their door, no matter where they try to run. Well, that's fascinating because 
I sure don't remember that being the case all summer long. I mean, did you hear did you hear that description that he just gave? Doesn't that sound familiar? I mean, everything he just said sounds very familiar. I mean, everything he just described in those last few moments uh, describes the entire summer that we experienced. It's laughable. It's absolutely laughable. We don't tolerate this. It seemed not only tolerated during the summer, but defended, defended, and is still going on. Look, look at this one. Uh, before we continue with that knucklehead, uh, let me let me do it this way so I can flip real quick here. Look, you just look at the Google News just as an example. Let me make this bigger. Uh, look at the, the the top there at the top. FBI FBI director repeatedly rebuts claims that Antifa activists attacks the Capitol. Fox News, Capitol riot hearing. FBI director says no evidence Antifa, fake Trump supporters involved. Um, down here, Washington Post. FBI director confirms the threat posed by racist extremists. And if you, if you Google, you know, you Google Ray's testimony, it's the news agency, which is which is very strange. The news agency, well, I mean, strange, you know, strange if you think you're a journalist, your news agency, it's about, you know, the uh, violence, destruction of property. Why would you go out of your way to defend Antifa? I mean, if you were if you were if 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 you were honestly, objectively concerned about threats of violence against people and property, you would be saying and antifa right the whatever whatever white supremacist extremists and antifa because what they're describing they're saying all these people at the capitol on the 6th did this well it also describes what the people during the summer did but they're not saying and this group and also this group or just like antifa no it's the white supremacist Trump supporters, but there's no evidence Antifa did anything. No Antifa was there, um, you know, and on and on. They're not organized. And in fact, all the protesters during the summer, we found no connection with Antifa. This is what, uh, this is AP. And notice how it's, it's just like one giant cabal that carries the narrative. Wherever you look. So this AP going to go out of its way to take up for Antifa. AP finds most arrested in the protest aren't leftist radicals. And what is the premise that they aren't leftist radicals? They're not members. This is the, this is what they keep saying. They're not members of Antifa. Um, and they talk about yeah, no apparent ties to Antifa, the umbrella term for leftist militant groups. Blah, 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 which is total claptrap, total garbage. I Here's the thing. And I know most of you have left Twitter by this time. I was never I was never a, 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 a Twitter, a Twitter, tweeter, a Twitter, twatter, tweeter, 
Twitter twat. I never, I never tweeted per se too much. I, I, as some of you know, I used to be, I was in mil military intelligence and, you know, just certain ways I think about things and how I use things and, and what I do. And Twitter was one of those things that I, I, I don't, I didn't use Twitter, uh, to twit, to be a tweet twit. I didn't twit, but what I did with Twitter was I followed like all of everything I followed were Antifa groups and members, the, uh, Democrat socialist party of America, um, communist party USA. That's who I followed. That's all I followed on Twitter. I followed all those folks. And that's what my feed was. So this the AP finds no ties to Antifa or anarchist groups, leftist groups, uh, left radicals during the summer protests is laughable. That's all my feed was. And all summer long. Where they are basically taking selfies and videos of themselves and posting on Twitter and tweeting about all of the stuff they were doing in the midst of the protest. So, I mean, it just, I'm talking about just bold, bald faced lies. Just straight up, they don't even care. And I don't, I don't, I'm, I, you know, along the way, I captured. A lot of these screenshots, I mean, I've posted them on Instagram. I post on Instagram, right? That was the place I post. I got on Facebook again a while back because uh, during the early, uh, all these lockdown stuff, because our uh, university was using Facebook Live to deliver one of the classes. So I was forced to uh, get a Twitter account, a Facebook account after I'd been off like two years um, just for that. And only just recently started posting on Facebook again with any regularity after, you know, right at the time everybody was getting kicked off and banned and leaving. Um, you know, so I'm not I, I just I never really did that stuff, but I post on Instagram mostly. And so I take some of those screenshots on Twitter and I post them on Instagram, make memes and make comments and whatever. I mean, so but this is the kind of crap this it's just total propaganda. Total lies. And he says, no Antifa. There's no Antifa. No evidence of Antifa at the at the thing. I don't know if we want to listen to the rest of this nonsense. Yeah, enough of him. Whatever. So, you know, it, it, it's it's crazy. So all the riots. All the riots during the summer, destruction of property. You know, he said attacks on, you know, we won't tolerate. Not going to tolerate. The FBI doesn't tolerate. You don't tolerate it? If you don't tolerate it, how, how did it how did it happen for so long? And it continued. How many months did that continue? We saw cities burned. We don't, we don't tolerate it. Oh, well, you know what? Sounds like you ought to be fired. We don't tolerate it. They seized a city. Right. They seized, I don't know, like eight blocks or whatever it was in the middle of a U.S. city and declared it no longer part of America. They declared it an independent nation. Oh, we don't tolerate it. 
I don't think you define the word tolerate the same way that I define the word tolerate. Maybe that's the problem here. We're, we're speaking a different language. I am a Russian linguist. I, I speak a little bit of Spanish. I speak a little bit of Haitian Creole. I speak a little bit of French, though I hate French. I think it's a disgusting language. But I, I mean, I thought I knew the word tolerate. You, you go out, you apologize for Antifa, you cover for Antifa. You, you don't do anything about what, what was going on. You let cities burn, businesses burn. Over 25 people were killed in the midst of those riots. Okay, tolerate does not mean that in the English language. So I don't know where Mr. Ray is from. Maybe English is not his first language. Uh, maybe he's just a freaking moron. But yeah, that's not what tolerate means there, smart guy. So everything he describes is uh, just just the very same thing. And again, I, I, I'm not. Yeah, he and he is a moron, basically. So it's not and I'm not saying, oh, it's OK. And what they did in the Capitol, whatever. We, we've already done shows on that. I'm not going to I'm not going to belabor that point. But I do want to go back. Um, I, I want to go back to. Mentioning the article that I wrote for chrisenhall.com where I talked about the history of the revolutionary anarchist movement and which is which is what's going on oh I wanted to play that I yes I before you know before I do that I forgot I got so tired of listening to that guy I cut him off too soon I really did uh, we should hear this because this is amazing. This is a big lie he tells. And uh, so I do want you, I want you to hear this. Listen to this. Let's see if we can get to this. Let, let's see if I can tolerate him just for a few more moments to hear this. Reforms like the solar winds intrusions, which we're working to investigate and counter with our intelligence, law enforcement, and private over. sector partners. Maybe it was a different video. Of other cyber threats from nation states, criminals, and okay, he's going into here in the capital. Solar winds. You know it, what? I'm going to close you completely down because I'm sick of hearing your voice. Um, so at, at some point, and I'm sure this is all over the web, all over the news, because this is the headline for Washington Post and all these folks. So he says we find no evidence of Antifa or any anarchist, uh, anarchist something, anarchist, whatever, individuals and groups or whatever. I mean, so he specifically used the term uh, anarchist. And this is where I knew he's lying. I mean, this is like, I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? So I wrote this article and I know some of you are anarchists. So bear with me because I make a distinction in the article um, that's very important. And so at chrisanhall.com, you can find this article called Anarchist Violence. And it's important to understand this because this, this idiot, I mean, he specifically said the word anarchist, no evidence of these anarchist groups 
And so what we're talking about specifically is the revolutionary anarchist movement. So let me go through this article in case you didn't go read it, in case you missed it when I talked about this, but I, I want to share this with you, okay? Uh, so let me read a little bit. The anarchist movement has a long history and encompasses a wide range of movements from the labor movement to the free love movement, from anarcho-communism to Rothbardian economics. Anarchist theory is not inherently violent. That's important to understand. Anarchist theory is not inherently violent, but there is a violent faction within the broader anarchist movement, which is revealing itself once again in America. As the violent wing gets exposed, anarchists of all stripes will rally to defend their particular branch of the family tree while largely ignoring their violent cousins, the revolutionary anarchists. Okay, so this is not a description of the anarchist movement thought philosophy as a whole, but the revolutionary anarchist movement. Okay, and that's what we're talking about. And 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 why do I make that distinction? Because the core philosophy, you know, anarchy at at the bare bones is is simply a sort of utopian philosophy of life without government. That's it. It's not inherently violent, but uh, there has long been a faction within the anarchist movement, which are the revolutionary anarchists who believe that violence, political violence, is the only way to bring about change. So here's continuing. Hearings will be held about the events of January 6th, and you will hear it framed as white supremacists, Trump supporters, Antifa, or simply left versus right. All of that will be a distraction and will miss the big, bigger picture as usual. And the revolutionary anarchist faction will continue to remain a mystery to the American public. Welcome to American politics. Correct. Anarchy is self-rule, not rule over others. So we're talking about the part of the anarchist movement called revolutionary anarchists, that particular faction that promotes political violence. Some perhaps are only familiar with the peaceful forms of anarchy, extolling the virtues of harmonious existence in communes and mutual aid societies. On the peaceful side are anarcho-pacifists, Christian anarchists, free love anarchists, free education anarchists. Regardless of the benign intellectual side with its laudable theories of mutual aid and self-determination, there has been a consistent wing of anarchism that embraces revolutionary violence as the primary tool of change. These are individuals, the revolutionary anarchists, who seek to plunge America into chaos. They are also the people that give the government an excuse to sweep up anyone they don't like into a broad dragnet by invoking the label domestic terrorism. Anarchism is not widely understood by Americans today. Even less understood is the historical divergence of individualist anarchists and collectivist anarchists after the failure of Robert Owen's New Harmony Commune. Individualist anarchist Benjamin Tucker and his followers in Boston were peaceful, yet they still regarded the state as wholly evil, as illustrated in the journal Liberty. And there's a quote. Um, and, and then I, I talk about propaganda of the deed, which is the violence that they use to cause to promote other violence. Um, in 1919, there was a broad rash. There's a long over 100 year history of revolution anarchists. And uh, which led to the Palmer Raids in 1919. And so I said here this, as the Palmer Raids teach us, this is important. The outcome of 
their violence, the, the anarchist violence, is always the same. The government reacts by taking more liberty away from the people, by targeting political opposition and opposing views. Due process, freedom of speech, press, assembly, association, privacy are all assaulted in reaction to the anarchist violence. In this way, the revolutionary anarchists are a convenient band of useful idiots that serve the statist cause. A bit of irony to go with your tyranny. So either, either Mr. Ray is completely ignorant and unaware of this long and colorful history of revolutionary anarchists in America, or he is lying to you. Um, I believe he's lying to you. They, they are totally familiar with the revolutionary anarchist movement. This is why they, they make it left and right. They defend Antifa and attack Trump supporters. We defend Trump supporters, attack Antifa, right? Because to them, the Trump supporters are the anarchists, which is not true. But the revolutionary anarchist movement is on the left and the right. They know this. They know this. They can't expose that because then that would eliminate the, the dichotomy of opposition that they need in order to control us, in order to con us, in order to play us, in order to roll out their solutions to the problem which is to take more of your liberty to make, and they're not even making laws. They already have them. They're already ready. This is the whole thing. This stuff happens and, oh, wow, look at this. We have a thousand pages of solution. Just happened to be, you know, like I just woke up last night, wrote all this down, you know, the day after this happened. No, no, this is all ready because this has been done over and over and over and over and over and over Again, so they, they, they use people to commit political violence. And here's the thing, and this is another, I don't know, delusion or trap or whatever, which they'll conflate the idea of revolution with political violence. Because you heard many on that day, oh, this is our 7076, this is our revolution. No, that's, that, it's not, that wasn't. That was just political violence. So they want you to think that this, you know, this is the alter and abolish part of the Declaration of Independence. So, you know, come along with us and you'll and, and then you'll join in with them. And it's not it's not the alter abolish. It's just let's go break stuff and hurt people. Let's attack people and property. And then you're left holding the bag. That's how 300 people get round rounded up in this. And some of them are simply Trump supporters that got sucked in to revolutionary anarchist stooges playing their role that's been scripted for them because it was not about revolution in a, in a historic sense that we understand it. It was about political violence so that the government would have an excuse to do exactly what they're doing in these hearings. To stand there and to collect, uh, conduct political theater 
to brand political opponents as domestic terrorists, white supremacists, racists, murderers, extremists, so that they could round people up, uh, make an example out of them, get people to self-censor, to get Congress to go along with a bunch of weak establishment, spineless Republicans to enact new laws, to spy on you, to destroy your due process, to invade your privacy, to curtail your free speech, to assault your right to assemble and your right to free association. So that's what's happening here. That's what's going on. That's what these hearings are about. This is why they won't talk about the fact that the chief over the Capitol Police asked for um, reinforcements long before the six, six times he requested reinforcements. And they won't tell you, they, they, there won't be a lot of conversation about the fact that Nancy Pelosi, as the Speaker of the House, is the one that makes those decisions of whether or not there'll be security added. Nobody wants to answer the question of why did Nancy Pelosi not give the Capitol Police the reinforcements they requested before this happened. And I will say again, they need chaos, they need violence, they need two sides to fight each other so that they can carry out their plan. Pelosi and her crowd also benefit from Trump being made to look like an evil villain. They always benefit from that. Trump requested troops. Capitol Police requested troops. Nancy Pelosi, who is the one that decides whether or not, you know, decides about the security of the Capitol, apparently didn't grant those requests. And it doesn't seem like many on the Hill want to know why or even want to ask why. Because it's not about answers. It's not about prosecutions. Remember, Mr. Ray said he doesn't tolerate violence and destruction of property, attack against property and people and burning. I mean, specifically said attacking government buildings what happened in Portland, uh, burning businesses, what happened all over the country. Uh, there were no hearings. There were no hearings on those events that I recall. Do you recall a hearing? I don't remember. I remember recall the new wall to wall news coverage of the hearings and uh, about all that was going on in the summer. No, I remember a lot of Democrat politicians defending everything was going on that was going on. I remember Pelosi and Kamala Harris and all the rest saying, I, you know, there ought to be more violence in the streets. I don't know why more thing, more violence isn't happening. Maybe more things are going to burn. Maybe more cities should burn. I remember the Democrat politicians saying that. But I don't res I don't remember the intolerance on behalf of the uh, of of Mr. Ray about the violence he's describing. So we see through this. I mean, I, I, it's almost a pointless show. I mean, it's almost everything I I just said is probably almost pointless. We we all see through this. What the heck is wrong with 
you know, I don't know, 60, what do they say now? 62% of the American people that approve of these lunatics? What is wrong with 62% of blind, apparently blind, brain-dead American people? So they want to, they want to target, they're going to continue to do this, uh, to try to target your free speech, try to target your assembly, try to target your association, take your guns, attack your religion, whatever else they can do to come after your liberty, rallying the forces <clears throat> and resources of the federal government. This is why, this is why that a focus on securing state and local government is so important. This is why your constitutional sheriff is so important. So when they when they start sending the forces, when they start making the declaration and enacting the unconstitutional laws, this is why every county in this country, if you love liberty, needs a constitutional sheriff to stand up like many are. Many we met with just this past week, constitutional sheriffs in the great state of Texas that said we will not tolerate the federal government's attack on the liberties of our residents. That's how we stop them. You, We have to make a backstop. We have to make a bulwark at our state and local levels. We need constitutional sheriffs. There are there are county commissions declaring constitution sanctuary cities and sanctuary counties in states all over this nation. Second Amendment sanctuaries, constitutional sanctuaries. We need uh, and and we're going to be posting we're going to be posting those uh, uh, resolutions that they're passing all around the country. We're going to post be posting a version of those on uh, chrisanhall.com. I think you may be able to find. Some at CSPOA.org, which is Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association. Uh, they may have them up already. We'll be posting that. Every county in this nation who loves liberty needs to be passing one of those. Every sheriff needs to sign on to that. Every county in this nation, wherever you live, you need to find out who your sheriff is, what he stands for. Is he going to stand behind you? Is he going to stand for your liberty uh, or not? And look up Sheriff Mack, look up Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officer Association, CSPOA.org, which, of course, the federal government, I'm sure, thinks is some sort of terrorist organization. Sheriff Mack is one of the most humble, godly, good-hearted men that you'll ever meet. We had the privilege of teaching, Chrisanne had the privilege of teaching alongside Michael Perutka, uh, which is another, one of the most humble men that I've ever met. Uh, they also have great uh, instruction on the Constitution. You, you need to get to know these people. You need to learn from these people, and you need to carry out these plans. And then uh, also want to mention uh, people's rights. I'll put that. I'll put that. Uh, I'll put that on a uh, uh, link in there. People's rights, uh, Oregon. I believe it's People's Rights Oregon Five dot com. I think is what it is. And they have la they have taken what Chris Ann teaches and uh, put it in practical terms and have. Lots of strategies that they're putting into practice to stand up against government overreach. We're going to be going through some of that uh, on the show very soon. So we have to be active, organized uh, in our states and local governments to be that backstop against this federal overreach. Uh, you better see the signaling that's happening.
They're telling you that they're coming after you. So remember, we have to exhaust all peaceful means that we have while we can so that we stand in good conscience that we did everything, every peaceful thing we could do to try to defend our liberty. And so these are some of the ways that you do it. Constitutional sheriff, uh, constitutional county commission, city council, mayors, uh, make these declarations, take these stands, send a signal to tyrannical government that their program is not welcome here. That's what we have to do. We have to do it now. I believe that we have a two-year window to work on this. And then by the time the midterm gets around, we'll see where we're at and know where we have to go from there. God bless you guys. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we will see you next time. And I thank you for tuning in. I uh, hope it's been a blessing to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power. And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged one person will stand up upon a single person and then everybody else will stand a gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs a tampa bay pastor has been arrested sentenced to a week in she jail also and tore up a cease and desist letter we have a posterity waiting for us to say we will not comply so you will be free We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we bear?